Today, on an episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that may have the power to possess all the cute little puppies at your local pet land, drive them to break through the glass cages, leap onto the nearest human being, and begin to devour their brains. What happened when a woman returns to the site of her former home, a very haunted home, only to find no traces of it ever existing? That story and much more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That indeed it is, and 855-853-4802, the phone number, to call and share your real ghost story with us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can also write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And hey, we have a uh, subscription channel on Apple Podcasts now you can check out and become an extra podcast person there. Even try it for three days absolutely free. Yes, through Apple Podcasts. Uh, check it out and uh, press subscribe on our subscription channel there. Or if you're not an Apple Podcast user, you can go through patreon.com slash Stories or through our website at ghostpodcast.com. When you sign up, you get all commercial-free episodes, meaning the EPP bonus episodes, the whole archive, the regular episodes you get in advance, uh, and the archive all commercial-free for you there, uh, either through Apple Podcasts and our subscription channel there or ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash Stories. Tony and Todd with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? <clears throat> so I don't know if you remember last episode, we got off talking about uh, unsolved mysteries as we do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And and you asked me if I'd seen the new version of it. And I said I'd seen a couple of the first season, but it freaked me out too much. Yeah. And you, you told me how much I had to go see some more episodes. Yeah. And you specifically mentioned one about a train and a death oh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So immediately after the podcast, uh-huh. I went and watched it. Okay. And it starts off, and again, it's very well put together. Yeah. They they really thought this out. That there's nobody replacing Robert Stack, which is perfect. Yeah. It's just told so well. Yeah. So I start watching it, and I'm like, well, it's obvious she committed suicide. You know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I said, well, obviously she committed suicide. I kept saying it over and over and over, and then about, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes into it, boom, they hit you with something. Mm-hmm. And then I was I was hooked. And then again, at the end of it, I'm like, there's something foul going on in that small town. And I hope they get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Weird things happens and happen in small towns. So you you got me back involved with that damn show. Now. Good, good. It's I uh, I started watching because they just released three more episodes uh, of it, I think, today. Uh, and I got back into it and I I think I got distracted. I ended up watching Dan rather reflect on 9-11 <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> that's sort of my mind. It's like, wow, Dan rather. Okay. Then it's like, let's watch Letterman talk about something on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. And it's like, so I, yeah, I kind of gravitate to my circle of things that I watch. But um, yeah, it's uh, the boat one was interesting too. There's a guy out on a boat that goes missing no real, with a shotgun blast to his head. And he doesn't own a gun. And he's not like involved in anything as far as anybody knows. And it's just, it's weird. There's so many good episodes on this season. I'm really enjoying it. It's better than the last season. What, what kind of freaks me out is that you would think in this day and age with all the technology and all the tracking and all that kind of stuff, you would think nobody can get away with, with this kind of stuff anymore. But the, the truth is, and I don't think they're all that smart. 
for just some reason, they're able to get by all this technology. And some there are people out there who have killed people and yep. all that, and they're just not getting caught. Most of this shit's happening in the forest, if you notice now. <laughs> Seriously, it should yes. just be like an unsolved forest mysteries. Because, yeah, well, that's the thing. When it gets up into areas where there is technology and everybody has a camera on their doorstep uh, and the cell phones and pinging your cell phone from this to that, um, yeah, I mean, it is, I think, very difficult probably to get away with shit. It makes it scary to think about just how easy it was to get away with shit a long time ago. <laughs> I will be honest. I kind of like wish I lived back then because it could have been a little fun, you know? Yeah, my gosh, you could have gotten <laughs> done a lot of stuff and nobody would really know if you yep. were just smart about it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. So I think a lot of it's in the forest. <laughs> that's, that's how they're getting away with it. But w- what I always enjoy because you see it all the time now uh, where like 84 year old uh, grandfather uh, arrested and ripped out of the uh, Panera bread company uh, in handcuffs uh, and spills his coffee uh, for the murder and rape of 42 students like 20 years ago, like all those sort of things. And it's all DNA evidence related. And you just got to be thinking, and I've been saying this for a while when Christmas comes around and somebody is smart enough to go, Hey, I'm going to get my family a bunch of those DNA kits. Uh, and there's that one weird uncle or somebody off in the corner or cousin, you know, they got to be cringing knowing, Oh shit, there, my DNA is going to be, you know, somewhere. <laughs> and it's going to just, it's a matter of, cause it's always like, Oh, well the odds of this person being your relative are like 94%. Who else is in your, you know, and then they, they dig and they dig and they go to find somebody's fucking seven up. Uh, and then, Oh, there we go. That's the killer. Yep. So that's, yep. that's exciting. I, I just think that would be, it would be an interesting moment. Uh, if you know, people, people don't really videotape holidays anymore on a camcorder, uh, where there used to be kind of the long form video of your holiday get togethers and it's panning around and it's panning around and just seeing the reaction and going back and looking at who looks stressed that, uh, the family's <laughs> DNA Right. And who's taking that extra drink of whiskey, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it was just like in the corner, doubting the fucking bottle. Like not another <laughs> DNA kit. Shit. <laughs> you just never know. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to our first letter. It says, my sister and I rode down my old street out of curiosity. We wanted to see an old house and asked the owners if they had had any problems at the residence. There were three houses on this dead end. We passed the first two and were astonished. My house was gone. It was overgrowth where the house should have been. We couldn't even see the backyard or the pool. It all started after my husband and I moved in. It was a good price with an in-ground pool. We invited the family for a cookout. One out of town sister stayed the night and the next morning she said the curtains in her room lifted up and touched the ceiling and just hung there for a minute. After she left, I told my husband to get his closet and clothes cleaned up while I graded papers. So he's back in the back and I thought until he slapped me on the back and I wasn't very happy about it, I yelled, what? And he replied from the back of the house, what? I said nothing. Next week, my plumber Husband got up to make coffee, and I heard him cussing from inside the shower. When I got out, I asked him what the problem was, and he pointed under the sink. Both U-shaped PVC pipes were laying at the bottom of the cabinet. I asked how that could happen, and he said it couldn't. 
came back with a large wrench. I never talked about it. That night, we had another couple over, and they had a few drinks and stayed the night. In the middle of the night, I heard the front door slam. I thought, that was rude. Later, I got up to make coffee, and our friends came in to say good morning. I still thought they were rude when they asked, did we go somewhere last night? I told them I thought they left, and they thought one of us left. We drank our coffee in silence. They never came back. The next weekend, I was babysitting my niece and nephew, seven and eight. I was making lunch, and they wanted to walk down the horse trail. I said, okay. I told them not to get off the trail and climb the hills, Indian mounds. They came back screaming, and she was bleeding from scratch marks on her leg. They claimed a hand scratched her on the hill that they were climbing. I told them, no, you must have ran into a berry patch. One weeknight later, I was grading papers, and he was getting his work clothes ready when he yelled for me to come to the back. Empty plastic hangers are moving left and right very fast. He looked frightened. I said, just make it stop, and he did. But it happened about once a week after that. The heavy sounds of walking down the hall started soon after. I'd get home before him, and as soon as I touched the doorknob, the heavy footsteps would start. I had to sit in my car until he came home every time. First time he asked me what I was doing, I just told him I heard heavy footsteps. One night later, he was asleep, and I was almost when all the belts lifted up off the back of our bedroom door and dropped to the floor. I knew it was impossible for them to lift off the hooks. I was truly afraid and hugged him till morning. I told him what happened and he hung up the belts. Later on, we came home to find my Christmas decorations upside down and silverware on the porch. Lastly, I went in the bathroom to find muddy three toe prints all the way up to the ceiling. Videoed it. Ended up selling the house were rather cheap and not looking back. Three toe prints. Is that like a, that's not like a hoof. That's different. Yeah, it's different. But they always say that like if you get scratched with three claws. Yeah. That's like demonic or something is what they always claim. Sure. I've just never heard it done in the footprint fashion of the three mm. toes. I've heard the three claws and three knocks and three, you know, everything. Right. But that's interesting. That's a in lot. Yeah, and interesting to pull up in the house, just be completely gone. Like, that's crazy. That there be, so, either something horrible happened, like a fire, and they had to, you know, tear it down and get rid of it, you know, or somebody also had the house and said, for the love of God, I'm going to get rid of this and all those who come ahead of me so they don't live in this place. Because it's it just sounds like it's just trying to, it's trying to torment. Yeah. I um very interesting story and it reminds me a little bit when I was very young we lived in some townhouses um and I was we were only there like maybe 3 or 4 years out of my life but the interesting thing about it was now there's nothing there like the houses are gone the the street's still there and the driveways are still there and the trees that were out front are still there but the houses themselves all like six or seven buildings are just gone and it sits in the middle of what's now a cornfield. And it's like, that to me is freaky because it's that's like, okay, crazy. well, that's where I lived. I can yeah. imagine you owning a house and pulling up to it, knowing the history that you had with it. And it just be kind of gone. Like somebody just in the middle of the night said, I'm out of here. Yeah. That is weird. Was, was there, what, do you suspect anything or was it just, you know, the place has got old? Well, I, they were, they were new when I was little. So they're, 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 they're not that old then. Years. Yeah. 
but the thing is, is that I, I, you know, I always had experiences in, in, in them. Yeah. And now in the story, wasn't there something mentioned about Indian mounds? Uh, or did I miss, mishear that? I don't believe so, but I could, I don't remember half of what I read. Okay. <laughs> Cause I was just saying, well, you know, obviously if you're on Indian burial grounds and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, that would be kind of an is- issue, but yeah, I mean, I remember stuff when I was little, that was like the first place where paranormal stuff kind of happened to me. And I dreamt a lot and had some really nasty dreams. Now, do you think there there could have been burial grounds in that area? Who knows? You know, in this state in Wisconsin, yeah. there were all sorts of uh, in, indigenous tribes and all that kind of stuff. You just never know, you know, where that stuff is around these parts. Yeah, they, they really were everywhere. I always thought it was interesting when we go, I'd go and hike in the back of my parents' house. And into the woods, up on top of the ledge, and all that. And every once in a while, you'd find some interesting mounds that didn't seem to be too natural, but they were there. And yep, you just kind of yeah, the uh, yeah. I've been uh, I've been I've been curious to try and learn more about that property. Um, and I've done a little bit of digging. I got a couple maps to see like who were some of the original owners and how was the land separated out and all different things like that. I do know that there was. Um, there's this giant boulder uh, back behind right on my my na- my parents' neighbor's property, and it goes kind of into a little valley in the woods. Uh, and uh, I guess, and because it's on a creek too, that was supposedly some sort of like well-known trading spot along ah. the uh, the area. I mean, it, I could see why it's a stable little uh, piece there. There were some interesting things that washed up in the creek too. Um, we found once this, it looked like a drum, um, but it was a, it was stone. It was a round stone that looked like a drum. Like someone had worked this stone around to be that shape. Wow. And I don't know if they still have it or if it washed away in a flood or two. I always would say like, after I moved, like move that away from the, the creek. So it doesn't wash away in the next flood. Oh, It'll be fine. It's been there forever. And then all of a sudden it's like gone. <laughs> like, what did I say? Oh, it'll turn. Then it turns up again usually too. Maybe it's cursed. Maybe there's something uh, to do with that. There was uh, there was another creepy thing with that house. The previous house that was there burned down, and I I, mean, I don't remember ever seeing that house. It was before I was born. Um, but there's portions of that house um, that ended up being the foundation of the current house and the shed out back Mm. which is because i always thought it was weird in that shed because there was places where you could clearly see there were like picture windows and the doll just been boarded up and there was some char marks here and there and it was just always like this is just what happened in here and and i I was curious about this because i just thought thought of this one the other day there is i think a well in that shed out back if i remember correctly the lawnmower would always sit on this big piece of wood that fit into the concrete on the ground but i think if you lift that wood up i believe there's an old well makes sense or at least an old cistern or something like that right yeah yeah there's just it's like i don't know there's a lot of weird interesting little nuggets at that place but uh and uh, the ghost of my previous cats also haunt. yes they hang out there don't they they do and they jump on the bed and they do the paw thing until you're like, what the hell? There's no, oh, there's no cats here. Oh, it's the dead ones. <laughs> and uh, you wake up and it's just a creepy human going right next to you. It's my dad <laughs> <laughs> wearing my mom's nightgown, just pressing back and forth. Don't tell mom <laughs> <laughs> with no shirt on. 
Oh, I hope I never run into them ever again. And he has, what and he has clothes pins attached to his nipples. <laughs> Don't tell. <laughs> it's just Dave. <laughs> Let's go to wait till you see him again. Hi. My name is Peggy. I live in North Carolina. I had just called about um, a something that happened to me when I was a teenager with a, a heart. But I have another story. Um, when I was younger uh, and was married and had two young children, we lived in a house um, that was probably built back in the 30s. And um, I apologize for the background noise, but anyway, the house was probably built back in the 1930s, and um, we had had a few things happen that were unexplained, but um, I had gone to the grocery store and brought the groceries in and was putting them away in the kitchen, and my husband and my two children were in the living room watching television. Um, my son, you had to get to the basement through my son's room. And um, my daughter was very little and she was um, starting to walk and and she could get into my son's bedroom. She liked to go in there and, and play. So we had put a slide lock on the inside of the door and on the outside of the door um, to keep our daughter from getting in there and maybe getting into the basement and falling down the basement steps. So, And also, my son um, would go in his room and, and play, and he didn't always like his sister kind of in there messing with him. So, anyway, I was putting my groceries away, and... Um, all of a sudden, um, this something ran through the hallway, past the kitchen, went into my son's room, and locked the door from the inside, the side lock. And um, I, I said my son's name. I said Jonathan. I said, what are you doing? Why are you running and locking your bedroom door? And my husband said, hey, that's not Jonathan. He's in here with me watching television. And the footsteps were so loud and vibrated the floor so hard that it literally knocked some of the cans off of my kitchen counter um the cans of food and so anyway my husband and I went to our son's bedroom door and it was locked it, the slide lock was locked from the inside of the room and he had to kick the door in to get it to open and it of course it broke the, the slide lock and it broke some of the door frame 
but when he kicked it in, there was no one there. So that was very um, odd, and, and like I said, we'd had some other things happen in the house um, that couldn't be explained, but um, like televisions coming on in the middle of the night, and uh, lights were just, you know, lights coming on in the middle of the night, and hearing voices, that type thing, that um, the whoever ran through the hallway um, and went into my son's room, they slammed the door very hard. And like I said, the slide lock, um, you could hear the slide lock lock. And um, it was it was just an odd, odd thing that was very unexplained. But thank you for listening to me, and um, have a good day. Thank you for sharing that uh, that story with us. Yeah, creepy house. Would you want to have a bedroom that had a door to the basement? <sighs> no, not at all. No, no, and especially as a child. I mean, I had a clown picture in my room, and I thought <laughs> that was hell. I can't imagine having a basement door in my bedroom. And then, like, something like that happened. How do you ever sleep in that room again? I, I don't think you do. I, I, I don't know how on earth I would be able to, to sleep in that room again. I uh, I had a clown. Um, it was like this plastic thing. You pull its, it, like, bow tie down or something. And then his pants drop. And there's a peanut. I'm kidding. No. Uh, his... Uh, his- <laughs> It's a very risque child toy. Uh, its hands would would go over its face, um, and I hated it. It was horrible. It was a creepy, creepy looking clown. It looked like a clown from a big giant mirror. And um, my my parents knew I hated it, uh, and so naturally they wanted to leave it in the crib uh, with me. Uh, <laughs> I think it stayed for a little while, but I think they got sick of me yelling and screaming at it, uh, and it went down. But um, then literally for the next, um, I don't know, rest of my life, pretty much. Uh, I, I don't know where the clown hat is now. I think I actually got rid of it. Uh, anytime they would come and visit me, they would go hide the damn clown head somewhere. Um, oh, my God. They do realize at some point you're in control of putting them in a home someplace, right? I don't think they're aware of this fact or there's a suicide <laughs> pact. One of the two. <laughs> They did buy a discount uh, funeral plot. So it was a buy one, get one deal. <laughs> not, <laughs> and I'm not even joking. Uh, <laughs> I mean, well, once you're gone, does it really matter? What know. the hell the plot's like? I don't know. Like? It was, um, anyway, the, the clown thing. Uh, yeah, so that went on forever. I think at some point I just got so sick of it, I just got rid of it. Uh, at least that's my recollection. Either that or it's going to like show up, you know, once they're dead, it's going to be like in some weird, horrible place. That and it won't stop uh, torturing me. There's oh my a there, God. there's a horror movie plot. You think it's gone, and then all of a sudden they're gone, and then boom, it starts terrorizing you. That's that would be horrible. Yeah, yeah clowns in basements for me are two of the worst things right yeah, there. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I don't I don't really like either. Uh, no, um, the uh, the buy one get one though. <laughs> I can't I can't. I can't not uh, talk about this. So isn't it, though, that they've got one plot 
for the both of them. Isn't that how it works? Yeah. Didn't you tell but, me that? Yeah, yeah. But they're not on top of each other. They're going to well, be. Well, of course not. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe they do that. I don't. <laughs> they, they jam them both into the same casket. No, uh, it's uh, they're going to get cremated. And, ah. and, and and I I didn't know this is this is why it's weird to me because my whole life growing up my mother was always like oh, I don't want to be I don't want to be cremated at all I just you know I I just want to be you know like okay and, and I don't know why this is a common conversation between a mother and her like six year old or seven year old son but it was because we also like to wander through cemeteries for fun and do spooky things and I loved every moment of it um, but so that would get brought up I guess. Um, and then all of a sudden one day they're like, okay, we just so you know, and and they're thinking ahead. I appreciate that. It's something I won't have to deal with. Um, and they're like, okay, we got this. And it's uh, one plot. We're both getting uh, cremated. And it's just going to be right there. <laughs> like, what, what happened to the caskets? What about the zombie stuff? We were planning on, like, rising from the dead and doing the fucking Michael Jackson dance. I can't do that with dust. And they're like... It was cheap, though. It was, it was on sale. Exactly. It was on sale. It was a good buy. <laughs> they they went to some plot selling place that was kind of like Kmart. There was a blue light special and they just went in and bought whatever they had. They went to Ryanzi and I, I think they were having like a sale with balloons and stuff. <laughs> and I think Rennell Helber sold it to them <laughs> right after the farm report. Oh God. Uh, so there you go. A little bit of fun, uh, fun for you there. Let's do another uh, phone call. Hi, let's hear your ghost story. Hi, my name's Peggy. I live in North Carolina. Same one again. I hit the wrong button. Or is it this? My name is Peggy. I oh my live God. in North Carolina. It's Peggy I have again. just called about um, uh, something that happened to me when I was a teenager with a, a heart. Was that the first one? That we, yeah, we just heard that okay. one. Yep. So let's do Peggy. How and how ironic is this? We're talking about my parents. I know that's what made me laugh. <laughs> Callers, Peggy, back to back, Peggy's. This is like a sign, a sign from my mom, and yep. she's not. She's dead. not very happy with you, <laughs> and she's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Let's hear Peggy again. Hi, my name's Peggy. I live in North Carolina, but um, I grew up in Virginia. I had a cousin. Um, that um, her mother had cancer and was dying. And she asked me to come and spend the weekend with her. I was, oh, a teenager. I was probably 14 or 15 at the time. And um, I went and we were in her bedroom and I don't know if I dreamed this or if it really happened, but she told me that she had a live heart and asked me if I wanted to see it. Cut the lights out in the room and she went to her closet and pulled out this thing in a glass box. And it looked like a heart, but it was black, and it had fluorescent red veins running through it. 
And she asked me if I wanted to touch it. And I didn't. But then she went back to her closet, put the heart back, and turned her lights on. And it was like I had been in a daydream. And I never really knew if that happened. But years later, um, she called me and asked me if I would meet her for coffee. So um, I, I went and we we were talking and I asked her about the heart. And she acted as if she didn't know what I was talking about. And I told her in great detail um, what I remember happening that day. And like I said, she she acted like she didn't know what I was talking about. But she said um, that when her mother was sick, uh, she would have my cousin and her little sister sleep with her. And my my cousin Debbie, she said um, it it really bothered her to sleep with her mother. And she said she could put her hands under her pillow when she was in the bed with her mother and she could feel a heartbeat underneath the pillow. And she said to this day she will not sleep with her hands under her pillow because um, it scared her so much, but that um, when she was young, she would put her hands under a pillow at night when she was in the bed with her mom, and she said she could feel a heartbeat under the, the pillow. So that's my story. I don't really, I don't, I don't really know. To this day, I don't know if it happened. But I think it did, and it was it was just a very strange, odd thing to happen to me. So I I don't know if you'd be interested in in uh, using my story, but anyway, I really enjoy your show, and I do believe in the paranormal. And um, thanks for. Thanks for your podcast. It's it's very interesting. And have a good day. I like the way Peggy tells stories. Just very honest. Just very, here's what happened. And yeah, I like it. I, and I don't know, like, I hope to God that what she experienced was some sort of dream or even a hallucination, because if somebody pulled me into a room, turned off the lights and showed me a beating heart, that'd pretty much be it for me. Um, and the, the fact that this person doesn't re, you know, remember it, you know, I would think it sounds very dreamlike or weird, but I have to say like, so this, you know, this woman that she was visiting and, and the daughter and all that stuff, the woman was dying. I think there's weird energy afoot when people are dying. And, and yeah. the reason why I say that is, you know, like even with my mom passing away and stuff, there were certain things that happened that 
I would tell you that would seem like I was nuts. And I will sit here and say, I don't know how it, if it really happened that way or, or whatever. There's just weird energy around stuff like that. So who knows if this is real or she was affected in some way and what was going on there, but creepy story. Yeah. I mean, it's that, that weird energy. If you, have you been at like into like a hospice unit at a, um, at a hospital or something like that? Yeah. 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 They have a very, I mean, It'd be interesting to do a blindfolded test where they just move you around the hospital and you tell them where you feel the most energy or the most something going on. Because um, there, I don't know, it's it's palpable in there. And, and usually when you're there, you're there because you're going to see somebody who's in that state. So you already kind of got that, you know, that's kind of a sad uh, feeling that you're dealing with. Um, so I, that's a hard one to judge if it's just because of that or... Is there a heavier energy there regardless, even if you didn't know where you were? Yeah. And those people that work in hospice, like no. they can almost tell you the day, the time and everything, how things are going to lay out because they've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times. And they're so spot on. Yeah. Um, you know, this this is going to happen. And then when that happens, there it's like 12 hours and then this is going to happen. And by God, if it doesn't roll out exactly like that. It's spooky. But, it it, you know, it, it's how our bodies work, too, when they're shutting down. So I guess that's how some of that rolls out. Sure, sure. Um, and they, they've seen that. But I, it's always interesting that we get the calls from the people who work in those, uh, in like, hospice wards and such. Because I think if, if, you never, if you're not a believer in ghosts, go work in that for, like, a month. <laughs> and, and tell me that there's not something going on. They see and experience an awful lot. That would be a great reality show. Oof. You just go <laughs> a horrible one, though, because you have people who are dying. But what if you have ghost hunters who are dying and you follow and they're trying to uh, they're telling you and making a plan for what's going to happen when they're on the other side to communicate? You got to find that. That'd be an interesting casting call. Do you hunt ghosts? Are you are you uh, fatally ill? Call us. <laughs> <laughs> ding ding okay i matched two of the criteria exactly um yeah i love it i mean i i actually think that would be a very interesting bit of study whether it's a, a reality tv show or if they actually studied a little bit more yeah that's the kind of stuff that just gets me really excited about you know what is next after all this yeah i mean i think it would be a very interesting ground for doing something like that if i was in hospice at some point i'd be like yeah anybody who wants to come in that's got uh you know knows what the hell they're doing and wants to turn and measure some shit do it <laughs> <laughs> and tell me what's happening, even if I can't hear you. Just let me know. I think that would be uh, that'd be very interesting. Uh, all right, I, well, this, I'll probably be the person that like live streams their hospice. <laughs> yeah, we'll expect it as as people that are PPEs. We expect, yeah, it. exactly. It'll be uh, <laughs> areas again. Like, okay, we got it. We're gonna keep doing shows until I can, <laughs> <laughs> and then beyond. Trust and, me, I'll be back. And guess what? I already recorded. 700 so <laughs> they'll be released on a weekly basis into 2084 uh so oh, that'd be interesting <clears throat> all right uh that's gonna wrap up today's episode of real ghost stories online if you like the show keep us on the air become an extra podcast person sign up uh over at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories or now through apple podcast go and get yourself three days free of that and uh, all the stuff, it's over there as an EPP on Apple Podcasts on our premium channel. So do check that out. Until next time, for Todd, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. <laughs>